Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. if it's first for me, it maybe, maybe, just maybe it's a first for you. And so I'm going to talk about something that we Pentecostal preachers don't like to talk about. Because in Pentecostalism, we're the rah-rah crowd. You know what I mean by rah-rah? All right. Woo! Everybody get excited. Everybody, we don't feel like we've had church until we're running the aisles, right? We don't feel like we've had church until people are jumping and doing cartwheels and all that stuff. And, and, there's nothing wrong with any of that, so don't, don't get me wrong. But every now and then, we need to preach the whole Bible. Amen? Every now and then, we need to talk about things, we need to talk about things that are uncomfortable. Anybody ever like being uncomfortable? You know, I don't know if you're like me, there's certain clothes that I don't like to wear because, like uh, wool or like wool sweaters, is they just itch. Or a, I don't know, a Seahawks jersey. I still have your dad's jersey. I burnt it. No, I'm just kidding. I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got to give it back to him. We have this thing every year that whoever's team does better, the Seahawks or the Panthers, I have to wear the jersey if the Seahawks do better. And I kind of need to hold on to it, I think, because my Panthers are going to always be terrible. But we have trouble dealing with things that are uncomfortable, don't we? And I hate wearing those wool sweaters or those Seahawks jerseys or whatever it is because I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable, and I itch, and I just feel kind of weird. You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever been in an uncomfortable conversation with someone? Have you ever been looking at someone, and they got a piece of spinach or kale between their teeth, and you kind of want to tell them, but you don't want to tell them, right? You're like, and or maybe... Maybe they have something in their nose that's unflattering, and you just want to kind of just, you know, like look away, and they're saying, why aren't they looking at me? And you ever subconsciously start doing this to your face when you think somebody's got something there, then both of you start doing it? It's just uncomfortable, right? And so we're going to talk about something today that is very, I'm just warning you, okay? It's very uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, it's so uncomfortable that we don't like to deal with it. It's so uncomfortable that we like to ignore it. It's so uncomfortable that a lot of times we just act like it's not even there. You ever done that before? You just act like something's not even there? And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be dealing with this because if we're going to teach the whole Bible, then we're going to deal with the parts that are, in fact, uncomfortable. That part today is called grief. See, again, when we talk about grief, it's kind of a, sad subject, right? We don't like to talk about it because we like to leave church happy. Everybody smile for me. Okay, some of you need to learn how to smile. <laughs> some of you looking at me like this. <laughs> Whenever we take pictures, uh, my wife and I, I always have the weirdest grin. And, and so she gets frustrated with me, and then my son was born, and he does the same thing. So if you ever see pictures of us, we look like a weird family. 
we already look like a Learwood family, so it's not a problem. As a matter of fact, she thought about hiring someone else to take my place, but that didn't work out either, okay? But we don't like to talk about grief because it's uncomfortable. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about dealing with grief. And, and normally at the end of the service, you know, you're ready for the rah-rah moment where I give you the answer to your grief, and we go, whoo, that's over with. But that's not going to happen today. Because sometimes we need to deal with things in a step-by-step process. Sometimes we need to take things one thing at a time because if you, if you do it too fast, we kind, of, we kind of rush over the things that we need to talk about. We kind, of, we kind of get past it real quickly because, again, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? But today we're going to deal with that grief because what I know about living here for the past six years, there is a lot of hurt and grief within the community. I'm going to say that one more time because I want to make sure you hear me. There's a lot of hurt and grief in the community. And we need to stop saying, get over it. We need to stop saying, you just need to get over it. And we need to take the time and acknowledge it and deal with it. Amen? You guys with me? Listen, I'm not here to to condemn you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to love on you, okay? And it's time that we as the church acknowledge the things that we've done that maybe we shouldn't have done. It is time that we as the body of Christ acknowledge the hurt in others and stop trying to act like it doesn't exist. It's time that we offer the healing balm of Jesus, realizing that sometimes people don't bounce back the way that we think that they should. We need to deal with grief, don't we? In Psalms chapter 137 is an example of dealing with grief. In Psalms chapter 137 It was written when the Hebrew people were captured by the Babylonians. And when the Babylonians, when they came in and they started carrying people off to captivity, they were carried off as slaves. When they were carried off, some of the people, what they would do is they would they would take a knife and they would cut their skin off and they would leave them in the desert and they would die from exposure, this horrible way of dying. And I, I kind of cleaned that up a little bit because I know we have children in the, in the here today. But it was a terrible way to die. They were very brutal people. They were very brutal against the Jews. And so this psalm was written as an expression of sorrow. And it starts like this. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. See, you got to be careful who you listen to. Because there's a lot of ministers out there who will tell you that once you get saved, you will never have a bad day for the rest of your life. That you will never struggle. Can I tell you that is a false prophet. You will have bad days, okay? You will have things happen in your life that are not what you want them to happen, okay? Even Jesus said, you will have trouble, but that he would overcome. See, Jesus never said that we wouldn't go through it. Because Jesus suffered, we also will suffer. Amen? I want you to hear me when I say that. We will suffer sometimes. We will go through those things. And it talked about in Ecclesiastes, and I, want to make, and I don't have this verse up there. I want you to just listen to me. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh. 
There is a time to mourn and a time to dance. But what we've done, brothers and sisters in church, we've forgotten that there is a time to do those things of mourning and weeping. We've skipped right to the dancing. We've skipped to the fun parts because nobody likes to see someone upset. You ever been around somebody who's upset? It's uncomfortable, right? You ever seen somebody cry? It's uncomfortable. We don't like that. Now, there's some people that when people cry, they're able to go up to them and put their arms around them and cry with them. And there's some people that they, they cry and you just don't want to be in the room, do you? Men are like that. We struggle when people cry. We don't want to be around that. And so because we live in a church where men have been the dominant gender, did I just say that? I did, didn't I? I meant it. Doesn't mean it's right. Sometimes I think we need some females in leadership so maybe they can teach us men how to run church properly. Amen? All right, I'll keep going. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody's with me. All the women are going, amen. All the men are going, shut up, pastor. We get to a point where we need to grieve because of the things that have happened to us. But for a lot of us, what we do is we just tamp it down and we tamp it down and we tamp it down and we don't really deal with the issue. We're afraid to bring it up because people come up to us and say, you just need to pray about it. You just need to get over it. You need to worship God. You need to do this or you need to do that. Brothers and sisters, grieving is an emotion, an emotion that comes from God. There is no scripture that presents us or tells us not to grieve. As a matter of fact, the Bible even says the Holy Spirit grieves. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit grieves. And so, brothers and sisters, we understand that in the healing process, it is okay for us to have a moment to grieve. Because some of you have been through things that you haven't really grieved over yet. Some of you have faced tragedy. Some of you have faced hardship or trial or things that have happened to you, and you have not taken the time just to grieve, just to be sad. Let that emotion process itself. And what we find if we read psychology books is that if you don't take that time to grieve, and you just tap it down and tap it down, then you start to lose a part of yourself. Did you know that? What do you mean, Pastor? I still go to church. Yes. Yes, you go to church, but you're not who you were because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit the process of dealing with that with you. Praise God. Did you know the Holy Spirit wants to deal with that with you? Did you know the Holy Spirit wants to walk with you through your trials and tribulations? You don't have to do it on your own, amen? But we've got to allow that process, amen? We can't have this prideful attitude of I can do it on my own. Listen, I can't do anything on my own. Some of you know I can't even tie my own shoe. Amen. You had to be here last week to understand that. All right? But I'm telling you today, we can't do anything on our own in our heart. We need the loving power and grace of God. Amen. Now, when you don't grieve, see, I told you guys you've never heard of this sermon before, have you? When you don't grieve, the first thing to go, the first thing that starts to fade away, are you ready, is your worship. That's the first thing to go. 
When something has happened to you and, and you're struggling and, 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 you, and your heart is broken because of, of this thing, this moment, whether it be a death in the family, whether it be maybe a loss of something financial, the first thing to go is your worship. The Bible says in verses 3 and 4, For those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. See, the Jews were known for their songs and worship. Just like the church is known for its songs and worship. Some churches base their entire church service on their worship. Some churches have what they call a night of worship. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. You might say pastor's going to get a little critical up in here a little bit, okay? Because sometimes we miss some things. So the Jews were known for their worship, but they were not in a position where they could actually worship. And they planted us, and those who planted us requested mirth, saying, sing us. One of your songs of Zion. See, that's what the devil is doing some of you right now. The devil has brought pain into your life. It's not God that brought that pain into your life. The devil has brought pain into your life. And he is looking at you saying, okay, now I want you to sing the song of victory. Now I want you to sing the song, and you're struggling, and you can't do it. And it gets depressing, and it gets discouraging, don't we? You ever try to raise your hands in worship when your hands feel like bricks? You can't do it, can you? And you and pastor's saying, come on, raise your hands. And you're saying, I try them, but I can't. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there where I didn't want to worship. I've been there where I was struggling so much that I didn't know what to do. And that's what the devil takes from you. He mocks you. You don't even realize you're being mocked, but he's mocking you. And then what hurts is you see everybody else around you worshiping and receiving something from God, and you feel nothing. Any, everybody felt, anybody ever felt numb inside sometimes? And you're wondering, man, I guess God's left me. I, I, I guess God doesn't love me anymore because of what I'm going through. I mean, I, 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 he, he took my mama, he took my dad, he took my grandpa or whoever. He must not love me anymore. He must not care about me. And so we lose our worship. We lose that. Now, just to say something here. They, people always tell me, and you know, when you do a sermon, you need to be encouraging. And there's nothing wrong with that. We, we do need to be encouraged. But sometimes in our lives, there just needs to be a grieving process. We cannot ignore the emotions that God has given us just because we are uncomfortable with it. We cannot ignore what God is doing in our lives just because we're uncomfortable. Now, I said I was going to get to this, and I want you to love me as I say this, okay? Say, we love you, Pastor. I saw the ones who didn't say it. <laughs> In no means am I criticizing our musicians or singers, but I need to say something. Have you ever noticed every song that is sung in church is a song to God? It's always upbeat, about 100 beats per minute. And it says the same thing over and over and over again. Have you noticed that? These songs are always what quote unquote worshipful, but they're really praise oriented songs. And again, I'm not criticizing anything we do, but here's the problem. 
almost half of the psalms that are written in the book of Psalms are songs of complaint to God. Songs of lament to God. We have forgotten because we don't do this in church. We have forgotten that it's okay to go to God and be a little upset about something. We have forgotten that it's okay to sing a song of despair or a song of lament because it's getting that emotion out of it. We're actually acknowledging that emotion. We're telling God, God, I'm upset. You ever told God you're upset? You ever told God you're mad? We don't tell him in public, do we? I want somebody to, I want to go up to somebody one time and say, hey, how are you doing? And they say, I just want you to know I don't like God right now. But we don't do that, do we? We go, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm great, how are you? But we're lying through our teeth, aren't we? People ask me, Pastor, how are you doing? This is my, this is my answer I always give. I'm good, praise God. <laughs> the emphasis on the praise God is how bad I'm hurting at the moment, okay? I, if, I'm, if I give you a real southern evangelist, praise God, I'm hurting really bad. <laughs> Okay, because we're not honest. We're hypocritical sometimes, amen? We like to put on this front. We like to put on this facade rather than our brothers and sisters realizing and acknowledging that maybe we need some help, amen? We're so afraid. The devil's convinced us that somebody's going to talk about us. Let me tell you something. Go ahead and talk about me. I'm okay with you talk about me. Some of it may be true. Some of it may not be. I don't know. But I need to acknowledge the grief that I have in my life right now. I want you to acknowledge the grief you have in your life right now because that is the only way the true healing is going to come. We have turned church into something the church wasn't meant to be. Listen, I, I'm not suggesting a change right now. And, I, and again, I want to make sure you understand, in no way, in no way am I criticizing anybody. In no way am I criticizing anybody in this church today and criticizing the music, but I have to say that there's times that we have to realize that sometimes we don't have the song of victory, amen? Sometimes we don't have the song of victory. Sometimes it takes everything that we have to come into church sometimes, don't it? Sometimes it takes everything we have to walk in that door and sit down and not just burst out crying, right? But we don't want to show that, do we? We want to put on that face because we don't want anybody knowing our business. Brothers and sisters, when you're truly hurting, when you're truly in pain, I promise you, people are going to know. My wife and I have this little deal between us is that we don't lie to each other. If I ask her how she's doing, she's going to tell me, amen? I learned that early on when she told me, I asked her, I said, how are you doing? And she said, fine. I realized I was in trouble. The emphasis on the word fine was depending on how bad it was. If I said, how are you? She goes, fine. I thought there might be a problem here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. If I ask my daughter, how are you doing? I'm fine, Father. I'm in trouble. My next question, is it me? Why is it always about you? Because <laughs> it usually is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I did something, I'm sure. Amen. Praise God. But we have this rule in our house that if we're upset about something, we're going to be honest with each other. And, and, and nine times out of ten, believe it or not, it's not about me. It's about something they're going through. And I don't need to fix the problem. I just need to listen. Amen. And that's what we need to do in the church. We don't need to fix each other's problems. 
Listen, I'm, let me help you out right now, okay? If somebody has a problem in the church, quit giving them advice. Okay? Quit giving them advice. You know what you need to do? You just need to pray for them, amen? Can you hear me when I'm saying that? You need to just pray for them, amen? You need to lift your hand on them and say, I agree with you in prayer. They don't, they don't need your advice. They don't need you to tell them, well, here's some scripture, okay? Listen, I always hate it when someone come up to me and says, well, you just need to get over it. You just need to rise up. You need to put on the garment of praise. I'm going to put on garment on you if you don't shut up, Right? I got something for you, and it's not holy, amen? We just need to love people when they're hurting because people need to get back to worship, amen? We don't, I want everybody in this place, whether you're hurting or not, to be able to worship the Lord. But to do that, we have to acknowledge our grief. We need to quit being counselors. God hasn't called us to be counselors. He's called us to be brothers and sisters who love there's only one counselor, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Wonderful counselor, mighty God is he, amen. We need to quit trying to fix people's problems. Men, let me help you out. Don't fix the problem in your marriage because you are the problem, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Just accept that. If you accept that, you're better off, amen. But we don't need to fix the problem with people in church. We need to stand by them and love on this because at some point they've given up their praise, amen. We need to allow them to sing the song of lament, amen. They need to say, woe is me, I am troubled indeed. And then we look at them and say that I am troubled with you. We don't need to be like Job's friends. We'll say, well, you must have done something wrong. Man, I tell you what, I can remember having a problem in my life. and someone coming up to me and they try to prophesy over me, they would say, yeah, I say to thee, y'all are a sinner. And I was like, well, I got five loaves right here. I'm going to come at you, okay? <laughs> you didn't know I was violent, did you? <laughs> Amen. I had somebody try to prophesy over my daughter once, trying to say something about her and my son. I let them know real quick, you ain't no prophet. You ain't getting anywhere near them. Amen. Because I'm protective over my family, okay? We need to quit trying to tell people what to do and we need to come along beside them. Because guess what? Your problem is not like their problem was. And even if it was, I remember my mom and dad telling me, we know what you're going through. And I looked at them and said, no, you don't. You have no idea. Turns out they did, but I didn't want to hear that at the time, right? You know what I wanted to hear at the time from people who, when I was hurting, I want people to put their arm around me and say, I'm sorry, you're hurting. And if I ask for advice, then they can give it, right? But a lot of times, people just want you to love on them. A lot of times, people just want you to acknowledge their hurt. We've forgotten that in church. We're so busy trying to fix the problem so we can get back to our dancing. Can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? There will not be dancing in this church. There will not be healing in this church until we deal with the grief that we're straddled with. We will not have it. Because people can't dance and sing when their hearts are literally on the floor. There's been so many things that happen in this state to people. As I read stories about when the missionaries come over with the Presbyterians, my heart hurts. It hurts. And we've swept some things under the rug, brothers and sisters. Come on now. We've swept some things under the rug. 
Can I tell you that my job as a pastor is to expose it? That's my job. But that's uncomfortable, isn't it? That's uncomfortable. We don't like to talk about it. We like to forget about it because all that does is bring up hurt. It brings up hurt because we haven't dealt with it. In about a month, we're going to be offering a healing forum, and I'm so excited about this, to where people can come and just talk about their experience of hurt and pain it's so that it can be acknowledged, so that it can be loved on. I love the fact that we're doing that. Brother Will is going to be leading that. I'm going to be supporting him. And I love the fact that we're doing that. But brothers and sisters, that's not enough. Amen? We need to acknowledge in our church that we need our praise back. And we cannot get our praise back until we acknowledge the things that we've gone through. Amen? We can't do it. People tell us we need to put on the garment of praise, but sometimes we need to sing the song of sorrow. The next thing that we do is we forget what God has done for us. Is everybody still with me? It's a difficult subject, isn't it? Don't raise your hands, but anybody uncomfortable? Okay, good. That's my job is to make you uncomfortable. If you go to a church and they make you comfortable, you're in the wrong church. We forgot what God has done for us. Verses 5 and 6. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. When we stop our worship, when we stop our worship, we forget who God is. We forget who God is. I love that song, You Are Good. You are good. But when you stop worshiping, you forget that God is good because you're so focused on that pain. People that have been children that have been abused, and I'm not going to get into the details of this because we have kids in the room, but people that have been abused have historically pushed everything down because... That's how they survived. That's not surviving. We need healing in the house today. We need healing in the house. We forget that God was with us in the fire. I'm going to go into this more next week. This is, I'm giving you a little preview of next week's sermon. This is kind of a commercial, so to speak. But did you know that God suffers with us when we suffer? Have you heard that before? God suffers with us. Let me tell you how I know. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. You know why Jesus wept? Because he saw the pain and hurting that his friends were going through over the loss of Lazarus. Jesus knew that he was going to heal Lazarus, but he felt the pain. God, or Jesus, suffered in like manner just like us, so he understands what it means to hurt, amen? He is with us when we hurt. He hurts. But we forget that. And then we begin to push God out of our lives. And then we stop going to church. You don't know how many people come to me, because I'm around the community, I talk to people. And they say, aren't you Richard Green? <laughs> I'm not sure what they mean by that. 
I think, no, he's much, much older than I am. Do I look that old? I don't know. Maybe. I've been pastoring for four years, so I could look that old. And I said, no, no, I'm his. Oh, they go, you're his son. No, 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 I'm his, I'm his nephew. I'm his nephew. And, and so the first thing they always tell me, well, I used to go to that church. Man, I hear that so many things, so many times. I used to go to that church. I used to go to that church. And so me, because I'm a little bit of a stinker, I don't let that go. You know what I say? I say, well, what does it mean used to? <laughs> Do you go to another church? See, I'm pretty blunt, right? Not mean, just blunt. And, and they always respond to me, well, no, because so-and-so passed away and I never could get past that. Or this happened or that happened and I just stopped going. Brothers and sisters, when we lose our praise, we push God away. I, I'm not about to tell you that losing someone is easy to get over. It's not. I, I would never say that. Losing someone is one of the most difficult things that you can go through. But somehow, we have to acknowledge that God is with us. God is with us. Amen? We have to keep God in our lives. And what you'll realize is that when we do that, he walks with us. And he talks with us. And he tells us that we are his own. He loves us. Lastly, boy, I've seen this one. We seek vengeance on those that hurt us. We seek vengeance. Verse 7. And, and I want you to understand, this is the last of the psalm. I mean, we're, we're kind of spoiled because we like to go to movies where there's a happy ending. And this, there's no happy ending here. This is a psalm of lament. Remember, my wife and I was watching a movie one time, and I thought it was a good movie. My wife says, I hate it because the ending was there that I didn't like. Because we want that happy ending, don't we? But sometimes the happy ending is not there for a while. He says, remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it to its very foundation. O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed, happy the one who repays you as you have served us. Well, that sounds pretty rough, right? Let's keep going. It gets rougher. Happy the one who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. That's a psalm. That's from the Bible. I didn't write that. So the psalmist is actually saying, Lord, not only do I want you to hurt them, but I want you to hurt their kids, and I want you to hurt them bad. That's pretty rough, isn't it? Do you realize that when you become bitter, because of the things that you've gone through, you begin to hurt others. You lash out. You begin to criticize because you want everyone feeling the same pain that you do. You demonize those who have hurt you that maybe really didn't hurt you, but you think that they did, and you begin to tell everybody what an awful person that they are. You want everybody to hate them just like you hate them. 
and we force people to take sides in our relationship. Well, if you like them, then you don't like me and we can't be together. How Christian of us. Hmm. I know there's an amen somewhere. I'll give it myself. How Christian of us to demonize someone and talk about them. I don't care what they've done. How Christian of us to lash out at someone and tell them, tell other people whether they're not really saved. Who are we to judge whether or not they're saved? How Christian of us to tell others that they're no good or they're this or they're that and we, we try to get people not to, to be around them anymore. Like we can, we're responsible for the revenge. I'm gonna tell you something right now and I want you to hear me. God will handle the revenge part. We don't have to worry about it, okay? As a matter of fact, I believe that Jesus said something in the, the context of love your enemies, amen? Even those that hurt you, he said love your, what do you mean we got to love our enemies? What? I have to love, see loving people we like, that's easy, right? I, it's easier for me to love my wife, that's like no big deal, I can love her. But to love someone who hurt my wife, well we're, that's, that's another whole thing there. That's tough to do, isn't it? But that's exactly what God wants us to do. He wants us to love one another, amen? He wants us to love even those that hurt us. We need to quit talking about people and realize that they too are a child of God, amen? The Bible says that when you love someone and you pray for someone who has hurt you, it is like raining coals of fire down upon their head. Now don't take that as, ooh, I'm going to kill them. No, that's not it. What we're doing is we're letting the Holy Spirit deal with them. Amen? I had someone hurt me, say something about me. And I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to handle this. Years went by. And they come up to me and they say, Pastor, I just want you to forgive me. My response is, yeah, you better ask forgiveness. You did wrong. I don't care for you. You need to go spend time with God. Notice how I said God. <laughs> you know what my response was? I don't say this to, to, to uplift myself because I have not always had this response. It's really more the first response. But this time, this time, I said to them, well, first of all, I've already forgiven you. And second of all, you're my brother now. You're my, he says, you don't understand. I haven't been able to sleep. See, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of somebody, they can't sleep, they can't eat, they can't do anything until they make it right, okay? Let the Holy Spirit handle your problems, okay? He'll take care of it, amen? I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't, all I can think about is what I did to you, and I tried to, I tried to justify it, I tried to say that you stirred things up, I tried to say that you were not even of God, but I was wrong, I was wrong, and I looked at them and said, praise God, my brother has been restored to me, amen, praise God, God has done a miracle, what the devil sought to divide, God has united, amen, and that's what has to happen in the church today, because I'm going to tell you something. Yes, I'm going to grieve. There's some things in my life that I'm actually in the beginning stages of grief. Because my family is having to make some tough decisions right now. And I can sit here and I can look at you and I can hide it and I can say, I'm fine. <laughs> Notice the craziness in my voice. Or I can look at you and say, I'm hurting. 
hurting because I'm having to make decisions that I really don't want to make. I'm having to see things that I don't want to see. And I don't know if what I'm doing is the right thing. And so I, I grieve. And I was, I was beating myself up, and this is why we're writing this sermon. I was beating myself up. I said, Lord, I can't be, I can't be grieving. i got to be strong. And, and that's nowhere in the Bible. Jesus said, Jesus even grieved. If we want healing in our church, and I, I believe, I believe that God wants to do a revival like we've never had before. But how can God move through us when we're holding back a little bit? Right? How, how can he move when, when we're kind of holding back a little bit and say, well, God, I don't want you to see that part of me because it's ugly. Oh, praise God. He just gave me something. This is going to be good. All right? Remember back in Genesis 1-1? Is the earth was without form and void. Remember that? And then what did God do? The Spirit hovered above the waters, and he spoke and there was creation. Oh, praise God. I'm going to do a little dance right now. In the same way, some of you, there's parts of your heart that is null and void. That just hit home, didn't it? There's parts of your heart that are null and void, and the Lord is waiting to speak into your life. He is waiting to speak into your life. He is... He is Hey, listen, the first thing that he said, he said, let there be light. Amen? I think that was number one. I may be wrong, but he said, let there be light. Some of those places in your heart, they're dark, and the light is about to come into your life. Amen? Then he said, I want you to separate the lamb from the water. I want you to do that. And he's about to ready to separate those things that are not of him and bring in the things that are of him. Praise God. Praise God. He's about to. So I got to calm down because we're supposed to be grieving. <laughs> See, here's the funny thing is when you're grieving, you can still laugh. Amen. See, it's, grieving is just an emotion. We don't, we don't need to go all downstairs and eat and, and do not touch the fry bread until I do. Okay. But we don't need to go downstairs and be sad because grieving is an emotion. Amen? That's what we're going to deal with today. We're going to deal with that emotion. But first of all, brothers and sisters, we got to acknowledge it. We got to acknowledge it. We got to acknowledge it. What is hurting you? And see, this part right here, it requires bravery. You have to be brave, okay? You have to be brave. You have to be willing to admit that something's bothering you. That's tough because, man, I tell you what, I don't want to tell anybody my problems. You know why? Because I think I can deal with it on my own, and I'm going to tell you what that word is. Are you ready? That word's called pride. Pride will keep you from God. I want you to stand with me, please. 
want you to just be reverent before the Lord right now. If you could put up the words to this song, please. My soul hurts within me. My heart collapses with fear. Listen, some of it's very personal, okay? Some, ladies, there's been some things that happened to you I, I can't imagine. And guess what? Men too. Men too. People maybe have abused you. Maybe someone died that was close to you. You just, you just need someone to say, I acknowledge what you've gone through. That's you. I want you to step out of your aisle right now. Step out of your seat. Come right here.
Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.